I am me, and that's all I will ever be, and all I need, me. She's protected, she's cared for, she's whole. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist, and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt, and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities, one drawing or painting at a time, because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. I teach all my clients the same art and writing technique that's been so life-changing in my own recovery. It allows us to connect our thinking brain to our feeling brain and, quite literally, draw out the subconscious thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that need to be heard. In each episode, I'll share a piece of my artwork along with the free association writing I did in response to the image. Then at the end, you'll get a little bit of encouragement from your future self as I invite you to join me in imagining what message she may have for you today. This is real, raw, and vulnerable because in my experience, that's what it takes to truly heal. Let's get to it. Today's artwork is another mixed media piece. I alternated between drawing with oil pastels and painting with acrylic paint right on top of one another. And there's a little bit of Sharpie marker thrown in there at some point too. There are lots of layers here. And creating layered artwork like this is something I do often and it's very much a part of how I practice going with my gut and trusting my instinct as to what I need to do next. This means that I even combine art materials in a non-traditional way that may not be correct in terms of the chemistry of the materials and what's supposed to be combined or layered together. I remember once back in college when I was working on um, my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, I used acrylic paint on top of a thinned out layer of oil paint. I was working on plywood. I was carving into the surface in places. I was mixing sand into the gesso, doing whatever I could to create a lot of texture on the surface. And even though I didn't know about art therapy yet, I was intuitively very much engaged in the process and not so concerned for the technicalities in terms of how I'd been trained as an oil painter. And for those who are familiar with oil painting, you know that it's okay to use acrylic first, like coating a stretch canvas with white gesso paint as a primer for the oil paint that'll come later, but it's not okay to put acrylic paint on top of the oil paint. But as I said, I didn't really care and I never told my painting professor about it. You know, she often preached to her students about the necessity of maintaining the archival quality of our paintings as any good oil painting teacher would. You know, she was training us to be professional artists and combining materials in the wrong ways could mean that our paintings would not last hundreds of years or maybe not even decades into the future. Like for example, if you use 
oil paint on a canvas that has not been gessoed, the oil paint may eat through the canvas over time. So this is an important thing to consider. Now, when it comes to what um, we're talking about with layering acrylic over oil, it's my understanding that the worst case scenario is the acrylic uh, like will not stick to the oil paint and will start peeling off. And this is potentially even a side effect of using the acrylic paint over top of the oil pastels in this mixed media piece that we're focusing on today. But when I created it, I didn't care when, you know, and I think, so I said it's important to keep in mind, you know, things like the archival quality of your artwork, you know, in the sense that if you want to keep a painting for decades or if you want to sell it, of course, you don't want to risk that that surface is going to erode away, that the paint's going to eat through the canvas, right? But within this process, I really try to get into the headspace of focusing on um, that process of expressing and releasing my emotions through the art rather than being focused on the finished product as if I was just producing a fine art in a professional sense. You know, I believe in this process of just self-expression that it's okay to have a certain level of like irreverence for the art materials. And what I mean by that is we don't have to follow all the rules or even know all the rules necessarily. We learn through experimentation, play, and trying new things. Even if we try something new and it doesn't turn out the way we thought, like if your thin acrylic paint starts to ball up on the surface of your oil pastel drawing, that gives you an opportunity to explore the unexpected within the safe container of your art making time. Were you frustrated by the surprise? Did you find it interesting? Were you just a little perplexed and decided to put that painting aside and start something new? You know, all of these possible reactions can give you valuable information about yourself, your emotions, and your needs. And when we limit ourselves to what we think is the quote unquote right way of doing things, we could be missing out on a beautiful experience. You know, in the case of this drawing slash painting, I used really thick acrylic paint on top of the oil pastel drawing and it actually didn't resist the surface, the oily surface at all. Whereas I think maybe like a thinner layer of paint may have. So, so if I'd allowed the voice of my painting instructor from so many years ago to stay in my head and limit my ability to explore what my gut instinct was telling me to do, then I would have missed out. Okay, so let me describe um, for you what this irreverent drawing painting hybrid actually looks like. The final product is pretty simple to describe and I'll get to that in just a moment. But if you choose to go view the photos online, you'll see that I've shared several images of what it looked like along the way at various stages as I continue to add layers. And in fact, the, um, the responsive free association writing excerpts that I'm going to share today, you'll in that you'll hear me reference some black lines that are leading off the page. Those lines are not evident in the final image, but if you scroll through the photos, you'll see them in a previous stage of the artwork. The writing excerpt I'll be sharing was actually written in the middle of this layering process. And my final image is sort of an answer to what the drawing told me that it needed. And we'll get more into that later. Um, one other thing I think is really interesting, just sort of a side note, is you'll see um, when you view the photos that the very first image looks kind of similar to the final image. It's like it came full circle or something, but also picked up a lot of things along the way. And I think you'll see what I mean. You know, and there's probably a whole bunch of added symbolism in that um, that I'm not going to get into, but I just thought that was interesting to note. 
All right, so this artwork was created on a nine by 18 inch piece of white construction paper that is oriented horizontally, so landscape style. The corners of the paper um, in the photos are taped down to the table with orange tape. Most of the paper is covered in thick light blue acrylic paint spread on with a plastic tool that's kind of like a putty knife that you'd use to apply spackle on drywall. So there aren't traditional brush strokes visible, but rather you can see texture that shows how I've scraped and spread the paint around the paper. There is an especially thick width of paint down the middle of the page and spreading out around the edges as well. On both the right and left sides, sort of bookending that thick middle strip of paint, more of the paint is scraped away down to the surface to reveal parts of a multicolored drawing underneath. This is the oil pastels underneath. Warm and curving shapes of red, orange, and yellow peek through the mask of cool blue paint. To view the images of the artwork that we're discussing in today's episode, head on over to Art That Overcomes on Instagram or sign up for my weekly email. That way you'll get the images straight to your inbox each time a new episode airs. And if you miss one week, the following week's email will have a link for you to go back and view what you missed. You can find all the important links you need at the link in the show notes. Now let's hear what this art had to tell me through my free association writing after I completed the artwork. Am I the same girl I was then? I ask my drawing. It answers, yes, all the feelings and swirlings, but now lived out, now expressed, now understanding that they can stretch so much farther and that is so unknown and scary and what the F is happening. My body doesn't know what to do. My very nervous system wants to shut down. This feels so unsafe and unknown. My body is firing the battle cry, the warning. This is really fight or flight now. But actually, I'm fawning, stopping, immobilized. I ask my artwork, the paths in the drawing, the black one, where, where does it lead? It answers to the orange stickers or tape. I ask, do they stop there or continue? It answers, they will go down the table and out through the door and spread like a web, but it feels bad. I ask, is the black bad? What is it? My artwork answers, it's good to recognize it before it overtakes again. It's been running the show, Jennifer. It's reaching its peak and then it will fade and won't be so intense, brilliant, and strong. But right now it's trying to rear its ugly head and find a way out and that way is through you. It has to come out and is fighting through your pores and your mask and needs liberation. It will never come to the forefront of the show because I'm not going to let it, we will not let it. But you have to be willing to face it, not only acknowledging. I ask, how does the blue survive? It answers, by turning to herself, asking herself what is real and by fighting for that all the time every day every month of every minute of the year and forever because I am me and that's all I will ever be and all I need me she's protected she's cared for she's whole 
I thought this piece would be important to share with you because I think when it comes down to it, this was all about identity for me. And that's a big focus for me here on this podcast and in my coaching programs. It was, it was an exploration of a new stage of self-expression and confidence and self-assuredness that I was stepping into, but also felt really challenged by. I started out by asking, am I the same girl I was then? I'd been in a phase of reflecting on past versions of myself, both the good and the bad, things I liked and missed about my past self, and also aspects that I found unhealthy and unhelpful and did not want to revisit. Then my artwork or my subconscious brain chimed in and shared that, yes, I am the same person, the same girl, but now I'm essentially more self-expressed. Then immediately, like it didn't let me stay in that thought long at all, immediately after, there's this acknowledgement of how unknown and scary this is to be more self-expressed. I even start describing a trauma response, like am I fighting, flighting, or fawning and immobilized? all in response to this idea of truly being me. I wonder if you can relate to that. Even when we feel really excited about where our healing journey is taking us, it can be pretty scary to step into that new and unknown. Then I I honed in on asking about the black lines that I see. And as I said a few minutes ago, you can see the image of that if you go um, to the email today, if you got the email, or you can see it on my Instagram. But there are two thick black oil pastel lines coming down from the center of the paper and like one is turning and flowing off one end of the paper, like on the right bottom, I think, and one is turning and flowing um, on the other side, on the upper left. And as you heard, when I, when I first asked where those lines are going, my brain resisted a bit and just said to the orange stickers, which meant to the tape that was holding down the corners of the paper, because that's like literally where the, the literal visual line ended. But it's so important for us to push through this kind of resistance and continue to be curious, continue to ask questions. Like I didn't just take that as the final answer. So I inquired further and my artwork answered by saying the black lines were going to continue flowing down the table and out the door like a web. And I, I remember receiving this part of the message so vividly, like I can picture now where I was sitting in my studio when I did this writing. And like when I wrote it, I had a strong visual image in my mind of this like dark and sinister web that was quickly growing and taking over the whole room. It was creepy, honestly, like something out of a horror movie. And, and then that's why I said it feels bad. And then I asked, is it bad? And at this point, I remember being aware that the black lines or the web represented for me all the like the insecurities, the yucky feelings, the self-doubt all the things that hold me back from being the true me, the new version of me that I had been stepping into. And what I think is really interesting here is that my artwork was letting me know in a a sort of jumbled way that yes, the black was bad and also both that it wasn't going to overtake me and come to the forefront, like it didn't have that much power over me, but also that it did need to come out through me. So this meant I had to allow the web to be there, be willing to face it enough to be present, to feel it, and release it through my artwork or through whatever other means made sense. 
Then, then toward the end, I ask, how does the blue survive? And I want to camp out here for a minute because I want to explain the symbolism behind that question. And I think it'll be really beneficial for you um, as you step into this art process as well. So, so as I asked this question about the blue, how does the blue survive? I was aware that the blue is a color that comes up in my artwork quite frequently. And over time, I've come to understand that this color represents a specific part of my sense of self. So blue colors, especially light blue, turquoise, and aqua shades, they symbolize the parts of my personality that I'm like most comfortable sharing with others. So it's not surface level per se in the sense of being a shallow representation of myself, but it's the parts of me that most easily and comfortably rise to the surface. For example, I'm a kind, straight-laced Christian woman who loves art and nature and eating vegetables and being with my daughter. These are all very good and true parts of who I am, but they're not the entirety of who I am. Around the same time that I first started to recognize this blue symbolism in my art many years ago, this was towards the beginning of my healing journey after the narcissistic abuse. Around that same time, I gradually began to notice a theme of orange shining through in my artwork as well. And some pieces of art I created at that time would be mostly or all orange and others would have either a balance or like sometimes a battle between the blue and orange. This was all coming up through that intuitive process of trusting my gut when it came to my color choices. So I began to trust that these color themes were not an accident. They had something to tell me and it was my job to stay curious, to stay open and honest and, and explore. It's important to note here that the blue and orange um, are complementary colors, if you weren't aware of that. So they appear opposite each other on the color wheel. And when they're paired together, they, they complement each other well. They always sort of match, if you will. And they, they make each other look even brighter and more vibrant when paired together. It's similar to red and green. Those are also opposites on the color wheel or blue and purple. You know, you think about red and green being Christmas colors. They go together because they're complementary. So the same with blue and orange. And I remember even as, an, even as a kid that blue and orange was my favorite color pairing. I was the daughter of an art teacher. I don't know if every child has a favorite color pairing, not just favorite color, but I definitely was aware blue and orange were always a favorite color. So, you know, a favorite color pairing. So, you know, it kind of made sense that, um, that this later turned up in my artwork as an adult holding some symbolism for me. So, so back to the orange. So as that was coming up more and more, and I stayed curious about it, I began to understand that um, this color symbolized almost an opposite part of my sense of self, like opposite of the blue. The orange represented the parts of myself that I didn't feel as comfortable sharing openly with others. It was my feisty side, my rebellious artist part, and my sexuality. I wasn't sure how to fully express these aspects of who I was, even though they felt just as true and just as good as the blue parts. Some days the orange needed to have space to breathe and speak louder. Sometimes the blue needed to step to the forefront and sometimes they practiced coexisting more equally. So, so when I asked this particular piece of artwork, how does the blue survive? It was a way of checking in with myself to make sure that all of me was present and accounted for and taken care of. So I knew as I wrote, how does the blue survive, that that's, that's what I was doing because I'm so acquainted with this symbolism of these colors in my art. 
and I, I didn't want the creepy black web to overtake my blue, nor did I want it to abolish the warm orange tones in my oil pastel drawing for that matter. And, and I love what my subconscious answered with through my art. It said, when I asked how, to, how does the blue survive, it said, by turning to herself, asking herself what is real and by fighting for that all the time, every day, every month of every minute of the year and forever, because I am me and that's all I will ever be and all I need. Me, she's protected, she's cared for, she's whole. So essentially the power was turned back toward me. I wasn't out of control and powerless to the black web or anything else that came up in this art making practice. I was still the one in control. The answer can't be found anywhere else. It's in me. On this particular day, I had felt safety in expressing my blue parts. And as you can see in the images, there are points in the process where the underlying warm colors in the oil pastel drawing, my orange, is completely covered up. But in the final image, as I described, there are two areas where the thick blue paint has been intentionally scraped away to reveal the orange underneath. I want to point out that, that even though that was an intentional choice I made while creating the art, I was still very much acting intuitively. So I was aware of some of the symbolism in the moment because I'm so acquainted with that blue and orange symbolism in my art, but I wasn't overthinking in that moment. I wasn't like, well, I've got to balance this out and show some of the orange now. It was just what felt right in the moment. And when I trust that, trusted that and went with it, I got the messages I needed. My blue is safely holding the orange, taking care of it, and I'm the only one who can really show up and do this for myself. You know, I, I really encourage you to explore this for you. You know, what colors feel most intuitive to you? What colors feel risky, uncomfortable, unsafe, or even scary? And what information can you learn about yourself through using them, through trusting your intuition as you create? Before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. So it was after experiencing the power of this art and writing process myself that I decided to reverse engineer it to create a step-by-step -step program that you can follow too. I get so excited about this. I call it the redefined process because we're all about redefining, right? And it's all included this whole process in my monthly redefined membership along with so much more. You're also gonna get access to weekly coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you. You'll have the option to schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me if you need more support and lots of other additional courses also included. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the show notes to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. 
I am whole. I am full. I am like a circle that is open and flowing and full to the brim with me. I am not masking my true self, but always open, always asking, always comforting, always ready to love. I am not perfect. I spill out sometimes, but I trust. I trust my shape. I trust my colors. I trust my process. I trust me. I trust my ability to return back to myself when things start to shift. I know you don't always feel this grounded, this safe within yourself. Today I'm here to remind you that this hard work of getting up, trying again, trusting again, living again, this work of turning back toward you, that is what's building our feeling of wholeness, our sense of safety, our feeling of flow and ease. You are already whole. You are already complete. You are your true self. The feelings though, that's the tricky part. You don't always feel your wholeness. You waver in your awareness of these truths, but they are there within you. I ask you to take one step toward me now, toward the knowing that what you seek is already within you. Take a deep belly breath, settle. With hand on your heart, say with me, I am whole. Thanks for listening in today. In this journey of healing after narcissistic abuse, it's so important that we allow space for our past, present, and future selves to speak. Today, you've gotten a glimpse into some messages I received from different parts of my subconscious brain that just needed to be heard, along with an encouraging message from an imagined future version of you. I hope there was something that resonated with you here and that you'll take it along with you on your own healing journey. Remember, you are an overcomer.